When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. And I, of course, am joined by my one and only vice mayor, the Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. We have a trade, Derek. We have a trade, Jesse. Two in three days. Yay. (laughs) I don't understand what's happening because this trade blows my mind a bit. But of course, uh, we have all the information for you on why this trade happened. Potentially, I don't know. It's mostly speculation on our part, but we're very excited uh, to talk about this. Of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. America's top-rated sportsbook app. The Arizona Diamondbacks have traded Cooper Hummel, outfielder slash catcher, if you want to call him that, uh, to the Seattle Mariners for 2020 AL Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. Jesse, what is going on? I don't understand (laughs) this trade one bit. I mean, I guess I do... Uh, especially after speaking to Mike Hazen last night, they shed a little bit more light on this trade, but uh, let's talk about Kyle Lewis and why uh, the Mariners parted ways with him for Cooper Hummel. Yeah. I mean, initially when I, when I saw this deal and granted, I was not, I was not entirely privy to uh, the very long CVS receipt that you could fill with Kyle Lewis's injury history. It has been, a journey. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but, um, but yeah, I mean, the fact that the Mariners would deal a guy who two years ago, like you said, won the American league rookie of the year award. Um, he's been an above average offensive contributor at the big league level every year. He's been in the big leagues, except for 2022, um, which he only played 18 games. Uh, he dealt with multiple injuries that kept him out almost the entire season. He wound up finishing the year in triple a. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was a guy who was taken in the first round back in 2016 was the consensus. Number one overall prospect in the Mariner system for a couple of years. This is a bit, I mean, there's some serious prospect pedigree here. And, and initially when the move came out, I mean, the diamondbacks gave up Cooper Hummel, like Cooper Hummel as, as much as, you know, he's been, he's been fun to watch and, you know, Cooper Hummel is a great guy, friend of the show, enjoyed, enjoyed interacting with him. We wish him all the best, but the reality is Cooper Hummel may or may not have made the diamondbacks opening day roster. It it sort of seemed like the team was was trying him out for a backup catcher role because there's no way he was going to get playing time in the outfield. And it, this well, sort of seems like a move that signals the Diamondbacks probably weren't going to use him 
as a backup catcher. And it was sort of a dead end for, for him uh, as far as getting playing time moving into next year. And we actually have exclusive confirmation on that from Cooper Hummel himself from a conversation I had with him where we were kind of just joking about what he was what what he was doing after playing 162 games this season, going and playing for uh, the Salt River Rafters in the Arizona Fall League. And yeah, Cooper's answer was funny and and honest. You know, basically, he said, have you have you seen this outfield? Not going to get much playing time, right? So he was purposefully trying to get more reps behind the plate as a catcher. He actually did not play very much in the Arizona Fall League, but when he did play, he was fucking outstanding. He was really good at the plate in Arizona Fall League play, um, but that's Arizona Fall League, right? Uh, Cooper has been facing major league uh, pitching all year long, so there's not much of a surprise there that he was very good at the plate, but we didn't really see him have that level of success at any point this season or even in the minor leagues. So uh, who knows? Maybe maybe uh, Hummel's you know, time in the Arizona Fall League made him a bit more attractive to scouts from other teams if they only saw him in a limited capacity. Uh, Kyle Lewis, as far as he goes, you know, the rookie of the year thing still kind of blows our mind. I know he suffered a major injury. I know that Mariners fans have told us that he is not, not like, not only is he not 100%, but apparently his knee is like bone on bone. So there is a good chance that the guy that won the 2020 American League Rookie of the Year, it, that he's not that same guy, right? That season, yeah. uh, he hit 262, 364, 437 with three doubles, 11 home runs, 28 RBI, and 34 walks in 58 games for the Mariners. Uh, he's appeared in 130 games total for the Mariners since 2019. Um, but last year did not do very well. He hit 143 with three homers and five RBI in, in a very small sample size in 18 games for the Mariners. So, uh, and he just made 11 starts at DH, three in right field, and one in left. Last night, Mike Hazen was very adamant uh, about this. They brought this up uh, asking if Kyle Lewis would be playing center field. And yeah. <laughs> Hazen said, We are not looking for a center fielder. <laughs> like he made that so abundantly clear, like it, without saying it, it felt like Mike Hazen was saying, we're not trading Jake McCarthy or, or, or Alec Thomas. Like neither one of those guys are go or Dalton Marshall. None of those guys are going anywhere. Like, I know that's not the case because those guys are still going to probably be highly coveted trade pieces for, from other teams that are, they're going to want. But Hazen did make it sound like their center field is locked in. And that is not at all what they're trying to uh, accomplish as far as, this offseason or any moves that they make. I think it's less about like the outfield necessarily being locked in. Like all of those guys will return next year as it just is the diamondbacks have so many guys who can play center field. Sure. Like they don't need any more. Yeah. Right. They even, three, even if they, they do play it exceptionally well. Yeah. And even if they do trade one of them, which I think is still a possibility, Correct. you still have, you still have three more, right? I mean, you could yeah. make a case that McCarthy, Thomas, Carroll, and Varsho all could play center field. Well, and so even if you Carroll, Yeah, he absolutely could play center field. You're right. He also yeah, he also could play center field. So if you even if you trade one of them, you still have three more. So yeah, I think Kyle Lewis is not the defender he once was. If you look at some of his highlights from 2019 and 2020 with the Mariners, you'll find some incredible plays that he made. He's robbed home runs. Uh, he's, you know, rammed into walls and made unbelievable catches reaching up to the fence. You'll find a lot of very athletic clips of what he was able to do defensively. 
those days, unfortunately, Derek, are, are behind him. Correct. If you look at his sprint speed from this past year, uh, our friend Jack Summers pointed this out to Mike Hazen in the interview. He was second percentile in sprint speed, which I believe is just looking at base running, which is a little bit different than than moving in the outfield. But second percentile is, I mean, you're you're narrowly faster than than Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina at, at that point, right? Like, <laughs> like he company. is, Kyle Lewis is not moving very well at this stage, which is really sad because he's 27 years old and he has, he has so much talent. There's no question about all of the tools that he has um, and everything that he can bring to the table. In some ways, he was viewed as kind of like the perfect baseball player a few years ago, and there were really no limits on on who he could become, but the injuries have been such a big issue for him. Um, and I wrote a story that I published last night where I, I go through everything, essentially not, not everything, but close to everything that Kyle Lewis has been through. And it's insane. I mean, he tore his ACL about 40 days after being drafted. And then, uh, he had another surgery in 2018 to remove some fragments of bone from that same knee. And then in 2021, he tore his meniscus in that same knee and had a third surgery. And he faced several setbacks working his way back from that. Finally made it back at the end of May of last year. He plays four games last year for the Mariners after finally returning from this horrific journey uh, with this meniscus tear. And he gets hit by a pitch in the helmet and has a concussion and misses more than a month. And, and then he comes back again, and he's just not the same guy. The Mariners played him for about 12 games. He couldn't hit. The numbers were bad, like you said before. And he finished the year in AAA. And theoretically, he's healthy now. Uh, Hazen said he seems to be healthy. I think those were his, his exact words. Um, but that's the journey that Kyle Lewis has walked the last few years. And it's crazy that he managed to win the Rookie of the Year in 2020 because even at that point, He'd already walked through so much adversity from an injury standpoint. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the D-backs are betting on the upside here and they're betting that, um, you know, Cooper Hummel probably didn't really have a role here for the D-backs. And they're hoping right. that maybe Kyle Lewis can come in and and be, you know, not who he once was. But just from an offensive standpoint, if his bat can reawaken, that would be a huge development for them. There is this idea, like you said, that. Cooper Hummel, you know, there was not going to be a part of this team. And I completely agree with that. I think if anything, he might have gotten some time in a backup catcher role, but even then probably would have seen his time split between the majors and minor leagues if he has options left. I'm sure he does. Um, but Kyle Lewis, I think the difference here is that the the Diamondbacks are really looking at what Kyle Lewis did in AAA playing for Tacoma last year. And they do see a lot of potential in where he could return to. I think this is idea of not giving up necessary, necessarily on Cooper. Cooper Hummel is a great guy. He has a great attitude, uh, beautiful eyes, just absolutely beautiful <laughs> eyes. And, uh, you know, again, like you said, it's, I think it's a matter of it's a, the risk versus reward thing here is there, there's very little downside to parting ways with Cooper Hummel with the way that their roster is currently constructed and where he would fit in at. Yeah. Yeah. But to bring in a guy who was a rookie of the year just two seasons ago, despite the injuries, to bring in a guy who is a right handed hitting outfielder that we don't really have many of, uh, you know, it, 
it, it, it makes sense to, to take this risk. Kyle Lewis might not work out. Not many people are going to be surprised by that if that's the case, but if right. he ends up being a part of this team that can help the Diamondbacks win baseball games, then he very easily, it very easily could look like this genius move. You and I, our first reaction to this trade was why? Not why did they get rid of Cooper Hummel, but why would the Mariners part ways with Kyle Lewis, right? Yeah. I mean, some light has been shed on that, especially by people that are knowledgeable of his situation and everything that he's gone through, everything you described with all of those injuries, right? But yeah, um, you know, he he lost his speed uh, with his last injury and he's a liability in the field. That's what some people see him as. The Diamondbacks don't necessarily need him to play the top defensive spot, even if he is out there on the field playing defense. He can also play DH, but... Um, he just really struggled to hit last year in the majors. And I think that that's for, you know, for, for the Mariners, a team that is ascending a team that's trying to make that next level, right? We've already seen them make the playoffs. We have, we have, they have a young solid core. They have a young solid team and they really, at this point are trying to get to that next level of being, you know, a a top contender for the world series. Unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't look like Kyle Lewis would fit into their plans either the same way Cooper Hummel really doesn't fit into the Diamondbacks plan. So this makes a whole lot of sense when when you start breaking it down. But there's just still a lot of things there. Like, I think we get stuck in what an athlete was versus what they are, which is why this yeah. trade seems so one one sided. It seems like the Diamondbacks really, you know, got a steal here from the Mariners. Yeah, it was funny. Uh, Shane Diefenbach, uh, one of our producers over awesome. at at PHNX, who I'm sure you've you've heard about if, if you've listened to us for any length of time. Slash um, huge Mariners fan. Slash huge Mariners fan. <laughs> so this this trade goes down. I'm in the office yesterday, and and I I get the news. It, funny, I have to admit, the Discord caught the news before I did. I was writing a story. I was in the zone. Um, and then about four minutes later, I, I checked Twitter and our Discord, and everyone's popping off about this trade. Um, but I tell Shane about the trade, and Shane is jumping up and down asking, you know, what the heck are the Mariners doing? What are they thinking? Uh, Shane is utterly convinced that Mariner, that uh, Kyle Lewis is is going to hit 45 homers for the D-backs at some <laughs> point in the next few years. Uh, he is an enormous Kyle Lewis fan. And, and that's kind of the sentiment that I've caught. Um, one of the things I like to do when the Diamondbacks make a trade is, is check out you know, tweets from the Mariners side of things, check out tweets from the opposing side and see what people are saying. And when the Mariners officially announced this deal on their Twitter account, um, it was a really interesting combination of, of comments about this deal. Most people were, you know, I love Kyle Lewis, like what a, like just such a great guy. So sad that he couldn't make things work here, you know, wish him all the best in Arizona. Um, but a lot of people talked about the injuries and the fact that they're kind of done watching Kyle Lewis play because he could he struggled to play on like back to backs. You know, you couldn't really use him in the field. He played 64 games altogether last year uh, between the majors and the minors. He played 12 of those 64 games in the field. He was almost exclusively a DH or a pinch hitter with how the Mariners organization used him last year. So. When you keep all of this in perspective, the deal starts to make more sense. Kyle Lewis is such a big name. Um, but like you said, like the the fact that the Mariners were willing to make this trade uh, says a lot about how they feel about Kyle Lewis. 
and yeah. and just the stage of his career that he's in, as unfortunate as it is. Uh, Nick Picoro from AZ Central, when he wrote his story about this trade, he mentioned that Kyle Lewis was a non-tender candidate um, for the Seattle Mariners, which also makes sense because the non-tender deadline uh, is tonight as we record this on Friday. So the Mariners are basically trading away a player that maybe they would have non-tendered uh, had this had this deal not come down. Sure. So uh, like you said before, the pieces kind of start to fit together here. Yeah. And Cooper and Cooper Hummel is the same thing for the Diamondbacks. Who knows where he would have fit in? Who knows what the Diamondbacks would have done with him as far as where they would have put him on the roster if he would have been in minor leagues, where he would have been at. But, yeah. you know, again, this seems to be one of those trades that may end up being beneficial uh, for both teams. Both teams aren't getting by any stretch of the imagination a superstar. However, you never know how either guy could fit in, right? Let's be honest. Cooper Hummel didn't have a great season for the Diamondbacks. He showed he had some great moments, but he didn't have a great season, right? Yeah. But you and I both saw what he did in Arizona Fall League in a very small sample size. Like the Seattle Mariners aren't that crazy for taking a chance on a guy like that that could end up, you know, basically breaking out and maybe putting up not similar numbers to what he did in the Arizona Fall League, not hitting 450, but, you know, a guy who could potentially be a solid at-bat for them and maybe their backup catcher, maybe a backup outfielder, whatever whatever their need is. I'm not familiar with their roster as much, and I don't know exactly where they would end up playing Cooper at, but, you know, maybe maybe he has the opportunity to be a backup outfielder for Seattle and pl- get some playing time in, yeah. in, in the outfield versus playing, you know, behind the plate. Yeah. Kyle Lewis just so happens to remind me of somebody that the Arizona Diamondbacks should remember very well. And that's Brandon Webb, right? The reason why I Interesting. say that, that is, that is not the comp I was expecting. I figured you wouldn't <laughs> know where I was going with that one, but the re- no here's idea. the reason why I say that Brandon Webb before his season, before his career ended was at the top of his game. And I think that like the comparison there is Kyle Lewis in 2020 was probably extremely exciting for Mariners fans and yeah. then everything fall, fell apart for him due to injury very fast, just like Brandon Webb. Brandon Webb won a major league MLB leading 22 games in 2008, Jesse, 2008, he had a major league number of, uh, he started the most uh, tied for the most starts in baseball, most wins in all of baseball with 22. The next season, he pitched one game. You know? So, like, that's yeah. the shit with baseball. It, it it can happen in any sport, but baseball is one of those sports more than others that I think we, we have a hard time believing someone that was extraordinarily talented and gifted that their career is suddenly over due to injury or that, you know, a fantastic player could be limited to being just average due to an injury, right? Like, like... Kyle Lewis reminds me of a guy that a lot of his game came from his speed, just like a lot of players on the Diamondbacks now, where they're good, but their speed makes them so much better in every possible way. It makes them better on the base path. It makes them a better defender. It makes them better in every you know way as a baseball player. And if they don't have that speed, if they lose that step, then what are they, right? Then they're just... Yeah an average baseball player, uh, uh, you know, again, still good, still good enough to be in the majors, which isn't, you know, it isn't a knock at anybody, but it's just hard for us. I think as fans, I think even organizations, it's hard to accept that a guy that was so talented as like Brandon Webb, as like Kyle Lewis at one point 
are, are there, that their career could potentially be done. I mean, you, you describe Lewis's injuries and like, it literally sounds like his knee is revolting from the rest of his body. <laughs> it sounds like his knee is like, no, we're not playing baseball anymore. And he keeps trying it. And they're like, we're just going to keep popping tendons and ligaments until you get this point. But you know, again, Kyle Lewis does definitely seems like a guy that I'm, I wouldn't be ready to give up on. Uh, I understand where the Mariners are at, but I also understand where the Diamondbacks, where the Diamondbacks are at. I mean, yeah, this yeah. might not work, but if it does, what a huge addition, you know, a right-handed bat like him could be to the lineup, even if he's just playing DH. Yeah, which he he very well, he very well might be. I mean, it, it's interesting. We were talking the other day about how the Diamondbacks now need a right-handed hitting outfielder, given the fact that they DFA'd both Jordan Luplo and Stone Garrett. What's weird for me, Derek, is I'm not even sure that Kyle Lewis fits that. Because right. if if the guy is if the guy is unfit to play even a corner outfield, which we don't know, the Diamondbacks I'm sure know more about his his health status than we do. But at least the Mariners they certainly weren't using him in the field last year. So unless something is really changed from that standpoint, Kyle Lewis might really be a DH. Like he really might be a guy that you just don't really want to play in the field. And if that's the case, you kind of still need a right-handed hitting yes. outfielder. You still yeah. need someone where if you wanted to like pinch hit in a tough left-on-left -left matchup late in the game, that you could have that player stay in the game and, and play some outfield defense for you. I'm not sure that Kyle Lewis is necessarily that guy. So that's something I, I wrote about as well is the door is still kind of open, at least in my mind, for the Diamondbacks to make another move in that regard. I think we thought it might be a bigger trade, maybe a bigger name, maybe a little bit, you know, like not somebody that they were, uh, again, taking a chance on. This seems to be the Diamondbacks MO lately. They're, they're very much into giving guys an opportunity that other teams have given up on that they feel like still have value. You had a good season, Zach Davies, you know, Kyle Lewis. These are guys that like, again, the Diamondbacks see as being like, oh yeah, last year sucked for you, or maybe the last two years have sucked, but we have a good coaching staff and we feel like we could really work with you and bring out the best out of you, bring the best out of you, you know? And yeah. I, I, I don't hate that because I really do think baseball is a crazy sport where with the exception of, you know, a few elite players, there are a lot of guys in baseball that are getting paid way too much money when you compare to what a guy with similar skill set that's like in his second or third year is getting paid. So it makes sense why teams like the Tampa Bay Rays and even the Diamondbacks aren't really trying to stretch for those guys that hit 10 batting average points higher, uh, but also are going to cost you like $10 million more plus per year. You know, I, I mean... Baseball is just so weird like that. And you really can field a good yeah. team with guys that you didn't need to pay, you know, every dime to guys that you didn't need to break the bank in order to have on your team. But uh, of course, we've also seen the Diamondbacks let those guys go. And we're going to get to one of those right now. It's going to make me super sad. But uh, in order to break that monotony up, I also need to tell you guys about our friends at Four Peaks Brewing Company. They keep me sane. They keep me rational. Uh, they keep me from crying over Paul Goldschmidt leaving the Diamondbacks, but uh, we're also <laughs> teaming up with them to host all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. That shit's happening next week, so make sure to join us. Check the link in the show notes to register for free. We're going to be having a blast down at the 8th Street Pub. You can enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and so much more. You can also enjoy uh, those beer specials of $3 Kilt Lifters, $3 Wow Wheat Pint. So 
come on down to the four, uh, A Street Pub with us. Uh, have some Four Peaks Brewing Company beer. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. But uh, remember, you can bring the family down to the A Street Pub and get some chicken tenders uh, and watch Mexico. Apparently, we're having a, a 8 o'clock in the morning start time here for the Mexico game. Uh, there's going to be a breakfast buffet, all sorts of great stuff. So make sure to check the link in the show notes to register for free and find out more information about that. Also, uh, I, I want to apologize to everybody for my atrocious DraftKings pick of the week record lately. So what I'm going to tell you to do is this. I'm going to tell you to listen to our Thursday show, uh, hear what I have to say about the DraftKings pick of the week, and then do the opposite of what I tell you to do. Whatever pick I give you, if I give you the Cardinals, you take who they're playing. You take their opponent. Uh, I'll, I'll have you guys know I did not take the bet that I gave you on yesterday's. I'm a coward. Uh, and then I turned around and took Derek Henry on a anytime touchdown and I won my money. So uh, also, I don't listen to myself either, in case you were wondering. And I'm fine with you guys not doing that or doing the opposite of what I say. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because DraftKings Sportsbook, that's all about you and what you want to do with your money. Of course, new customers can use our promo code of PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use promo code PHNX, and get that free bet money now. DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, the official sports betting partner of PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well, MLB award season, Jesse, continues to roll on. It never stops, and we're just still giving out awards. Uh, people around the office at PHNX are still very mad at us for our selections for PHNX office MVP, much different reaction than the diehards. You know, the diehards were applauding each other, Jesse. They were thank they were like, yes, Chris <laughs> deserves it. Yes, Charles Woodall Pike, you're the man. But no, no, what do we get from the office? I literally had to have Sean DePaz walk me to my car. Walk me <laughs> to my car. Because Michaela Perkins was just following me around with that bat in her hand, knowing what, you know, I don't know, but. Anyway, uh, that's that's what's fun around the office. But award season is happening in MLB. And, of course, no surprises when it came to the MVP for both the American League and the National League. Aaron Judge is your American League MVP, Jesse. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad about it. My feelings are hurt. Uh, I'm still – I still got a little bit of an Otani, you know, uh, favoritism there. But Aaron Judge, you can't deny not only what he did for the Yankees this year, but – Again, it's been the it's been been the first time in a long time that like the home run chase feel was back to baseball. Yeah, I mean the guy the guy hit sixty two home runs, right? I mean when you set the all time record in the American League for home runs, like you you did something right, and uh, and Aaron Judge was certainly rewarded for that. Um, it wasn't unanimous. Interestingly, Shohei Otani got two. First place votes. The other twenty eight went to Aaron Judge. One um, of them was mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason they don't let they don't give you a ballot, know, Derek. There, there's there's many there's a They've long list of reasons for that. In great detail, why they don't give me a vote. Paul Goldschmidt, though, is the I think the biggest story from like the Diamondbacks' perspective. I mean, it finally happened, right? In his in his twelfth year, a guy that Diamondbacks fans have known for years was an MVP caliber player. He had a few great years in Arizona and it just seemed like there was always somebody who had a slightly better year, at least in the minds of voters 
um, that made it impossible for him to ever get the MVP deserved in Arizona. But now, not Andrew now he McCutcheon, has it. not Andrew McCutcheon, Jesse. I'm still stuck on that one. <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. I think <laughs> a lot of Diamondbacks fans kind of hate Andrew Andrew McCutcheon's guts, which is, it's funny because in retrospect. So at at the time, I think I was still I was I was doing some sort of podcast about the Diamondbacks at the time, and I'm pretty sure I was also of the belief that Andrew McCutcheon should not have won and that Paul Goldschmidt was the easy choice there. If you look at the home runs, the RBIs, some of the more traditional baseball stats, it seemed like uh, Goldie was was the clear front runner there. Looking back, though, I have to admit that Andrew McCutcheon's wins above replacement was higher by like a pretty decent amount, um, mostly just because he played center field and he was a great center fielder. And Paul Goldschmidt was a great first baseman, but there's there's a pretty big difference between a great center fielder and a great first baseman. Um, so I don't know if I'm being totally honest now. I, I don't really feel like Goldie was snubbed that year, at least not to the degree that I did when it was happening. But uh, I don't know. Dare, you, you think crap. you think I'm you think I'm crazy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. I think you're crazy. Uh, okay. By the way, Paul Goldschmidt. For those that uh, don't remember this, Paul Goldschmidt was originally drafted Jesse by the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, really he was drafted in the 49th round of right. the 2006 MLB amateur draft. Uh, and then he did not sign with the Dodgers, and then he was selected by the Diamondbacks in the eighth round of the 2009 amateur draft. Both are very egregious, in my opinion, that 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 this man was drafted that low. Of course, uh, like you said, uh, he has finished second in MVP voting twice in his career. He's finished right. third once. He's finished sixth once, uh, twice, actually. I'm sorry, sixth twice. Uh, and then 11th and then 15th and 20th. So uh, pretty much every every year of his career, just about uh, dating back to 2013. He had two years prior to that, but 2013 was his first all-star year, gold glove year, silver slugger year, second MVP voting year. Almost every year since then, he has had MVP votes, whether he was with the Diamondbacks or the St. Louis Cardinals. He's just been yeah. a consistent uh, great, consistently great player. And honestly, even there were times where he was, when he first went to St. Louis, uh, where he wasn't hitting, he wasn't doing very good. His first season in St. Louis, he only hit 260. And we started patting ourselves on the back about the trade, thinking that this guy right. was on the downside of his career. And we were finally, maybe, maybe it was a good thing to not pay him this boatload of money that he wanted, uh, which ended up actually being pretty reasonable in the grand scheme of things. But uh, this season, he led the National League in slugging percentage, OPS, and OPS+. Plus. Uh, and again, he's just an incredible player that continues to be, like, just continues to find ways to be outstanding. And I, I don't know. There's yeah. just something about Goldschmidt that, like, I, you know, I know, I know Albert Pujols is the machine, but Goldschmidt is a machine. He is a machine. The man just, it, it, it never ceases to amaze me with, with how good he is as a baseball player or how he can bounce back from, you know, a, a down year. It's incredible. Just looking in, I mean, you just talking through all the MVP votes that he's accumulated over his career. It makes me realize like Goldie's been really durable throughout his entire career. The right. only season right. he didn't, 
And granted, I guess 2019, that year he hit 260 for the Cardinals. He was 20th in MVP voting. So I don't know if you're giving a guy huge props for, for finishing sure. 20th, but or, or the he did. Year he did. The 15th, right. So it's good. Right. It's like he hit 304, but he wasn't like in the top 10 or anything. It's just he never it's almost like he never doesn't get some MVP votes. It's like right. always somebody who's like, wait, is Goldschmidt still playing? Yeah, I'm going to throw him some votes. The the only year that he didn't get any MVP votes is 2000, at least after his first couple seasons in the big leagues, is 2014 when he only played 109 games because he was he was hurt down the stretch that year. But looking at the number of games that Goldie played every year or has played every year in his career, he didn't miss more than about 10 games ever, like any season since his since his rookie year, with the exception of that 2014 year. They say the best ability is availability. And and on that front, Paul Goldschmidt has had an extraordinary career. I think what I feel as a Diamondbacks fan is, you know, immense regret, right? Immense regret. Of course. The Diamondbacks did not see this in him. Uh, we talked about this earlier, right? Uh, baseball team's ability to always feel like, well, we could pay this guy a hundred million dollars, but I mean, he did only hit two ninety for us this year, so maybe we can go find another first baseman that'll, you know, hit somewhere close to that and be far less expensive. And they did because twenty nineteen was that season where things actually looked like the Diamondbacks found not, you know, not exactly a replacement, but. A, a pretty close to a replacement player for Paul Goldschmidt when Christian Walker came in and had the season he had in 2019. It just made us feel like, okay, you know, that, that, that same thing, right. That same, and Christian Walker still to this day is one of the most valuable players on the Arizona Diamondbacks. So it's not like the Diamondbacks play, replace Goldschmidt with some, you know, scrub that, that can't do anything like uh, yeah. the, that, that year, 2019 Paul Goldschmidt hit 260 Christian Walker hit 259 there you so, go you know like by all by by the comparison at least that first season things were looking good the difference here is Paul Goldschmidt is a generational talent shout out to MJF for teaching me that term but uh there's few guys that are elite like and, and I know you like to talk about elite players you don't let an elite player leave your team right at least not at the point when they're still playing at a high level as far as being an elite player in Major League Baseball. So I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, we could always look back. We're always going to look back on this. Paul Goldschmidt will never be a name that Diamondbacks fans don't that they that Diamondbacks fans forget or or don't regret losing, right? So that's there. I don't even think there's an argument for that at this point. I, no. I think that we as fans can just be happy for him for the success he's having and that he's finally getting that recognition that we thought. He deserves so much here in Arizona that he didn't receive. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a a tri trivia question here for you, Derek. Who was who was the last Arizona Diamondbacks player to get MVP votes? It wasn't Paul Goldschmidt. It was not wow. Paul Goldschmidt. Really? Um, would it be as far back as Kurt Schilling? No, no. I mean, am it's I, the it's the last. You're going too far back. It is after Paul Goldschmidt left the Diamondbacks. They had a player who received pretty significant support 
in the MVP race within the last few years? Let's hear it. Who is it? You're going to kick yourself. Uh, probably. <laughs> Cattell Marte in 2019. Oh, yeah. Cattell Marte in 2019 hit 329, hit 32 home runs, finished fourth in MVP voting. And uh, yeah, I mean, other than other than Goldschmidt, I mean, within the last decade or two, that's that's the only support the Diamondbacks have received in that race. But I thought it was interesting because I don't think uh, I don't think you're alone in like kind of forgetting yeah. that, that yeah. season, right? Uh, Cattell was so good that year. Two forty will make you forget about seasons where you hit three twenty nine right. and three eighteen. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the time in twenty nineteen, it it seemed like there was there was almost like a changing of the guard. Like Paul Goldschmidt is out. And, and, you know, Cattell, of course, couldn't replace him. Christian Walker couldn't replace him and uh, the guy that he was in Arizona and how important he was to this franchise. But there was an element. It's undeniable. I know it might look crazy now, but in 2019, when Cattell was doing that, there was this sense that like, hey, we lost one superstar, but Cattell has come out and looks yeah. like another superstar. So like maybe... Maybe, I mean, we still would rather have Goldschmidt, but maybe we're not in quite as bad of a spot as we thought we would be in. Unfortunately, Cattell has just not not been able to stay consistent. That's a great point. 2019 was a very hopeful season for us. It felt like even after losing yeah. Goldschmidt and the transition, everything like that, it felt like this team was bouncing back and headed in a direction of getting better. And it's crazy how the last three seasons have gone for this team, considering where they were at, where our hopes were at in 2019 compared to how the next three seasons ended up going. Things did not, things did not go well. Things did not go well. Uh, of course, the reason we're all still here though, is because we're D backs diehards and we will always be D backs diehards. And we want you to be a diehard along with us. So if you haven't signed up for our brand new membership over at gophnx.com, make sure to do so. Of course, we've been talking uh, yesterday, today uh, we've been very excited about our new diehard level of fandom. Of course, we here at PHNX are all about culture, community, and content. We're giving you all of that as a diehard member. You're going to get a free PHNX shirt or hat every year. After renewal, you're going to get 20% off all merchandise over at the phnxlocker.com, as well as exclusive merchandise for diehards only, a membership card, sticker pack, so much more. We're also going to give you 20% off tailgates and takeovers for every team in town. PHNX diehards only discard lounge where it is the best place to be an Arizona Diamondbacks diehard. And of course, online Q and A's and happy hours with us, your PHNX staff members, Jesse and I were like meetings with the mayor might open up to including you guys on a zoom call, whatever we need to do. But of course we also have the diehards only newsletter from Jesse, Craig, Gerald, and more. We're going to have mailbags, exclusive content, both video and podcast. We're just, we're so excited. We hope that we make it more appealing to be a diehard and we want you to join us. Make sure to do so over at gophnx.com. If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to subscribe to us. Leave us a review. We appreciate you for it. Also go over to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Sign up for notifications. Uh, and, you know, we appreciate you guys for, of course, always being with us live on the show. Uh, we hope next, it's, it's Thanksgiving week now. I'm calling it that. We're, we're less than seven days to Thanksgiving. So yeah. we hope you guys are enjoying some wonderful family time and, uh, you know, really relaxing. You guys deserve it. Uh, and of course, we thank you guys always for checking us out. Uh, Jesse, before we go, uh, the spring uh, training schedule 
includes appearances by the World Baseball Classic national teams. I know we've talked yeah. about this a little bit, but uh, of course, here in here in Arizona, you're going to see Team USA, Team Canada, Team Great Britain, Team Colombia, and Team Mexico. And on March 8th and March 9th, they will be facing off against uh, our very own spring training teams around town. So not only are we going to have the World Baseball Classic played here in Arizona, but we're also going to be able to see uh, the World Baseball Classic teams get in some reps against uh, spring training teams. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, it's a kind of unfortunate. I don't think the Diamondbacks have any. I don't think they they're do going to play I'm any of those WBC yeah. teams. But, um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's some, there's some interesting stuff out there. I mean, we'll have, uh, we'll have some of these teams coming from, from all over the world and playing at some of the most glorious, uh, spring training facilities that you'll, you'll find anywhere here in the Valley. So, except for Maryvale, uh, I think Great Britain has to play in Maryvale. So, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's un- <laughs> unfortunate. Although that, that ball, that ballpark actually is, kind of nice once you're inside obviously the maryville neighborhood is not not the best Oof. part of town <laughs> you, but you are attacking the town of maryville right now jesse i'm telling you <laughs> yeah I, I but i said i mean the ballpark is pretty nice it it, it is kind of uh it, it's it's one of the one of the nicer the nicer things in in maryville but uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> just keep making it worse no matter what you say and i love it i'm so glad this is really really going digging myself deeper into a hole here but <laughs> yeah all that to say uh it'll be a lot of fun march is going to be an incredible time for baseball in the valley between the world baseball classic spring training uh uh banana why am i forgetting the name of this uh the savannah bananas savannah are coming banana. to town and they're That's playing right. banana ball right is that just yeah, is that the ball. word i'm looking for yeah they're eric playing Burn, banana eric ball burns. eric, eric burns, burns. there you go <laughs> former they'll, They'll be here on March 31st and April 1st, which is uh, that will be an incredible event. We're going to talk a lot more about that as it gets closer because banana ball is is an incredible thing. And if you don't know what it is, uh, we're going to have to tell you all about it. But uh, but yeah, the spring in Arizona is going to be I mean, baseball nirvana is is going to reach another level this spring, I guess, is what I'm saying. Oh, boy. Yeah, I agree. Baseball never stops in Arizona. Don't forget that. Here's what I'm most excited about. Uh, the first team that team USA is playing Jesse is the San Francisco giants. Now our very own Merrill Kelly happens to be a Ah. starting pitcher on team (laughs) USA. And I pray to God that the giants get Merrill Kelly on the mound for that game, because this man held the giants to a 188 fucking opponent batting average this season in a whole lot of games. Uh, had one of his highest strikeout per walk ratios against him from a team that he played uh, more than twice. And uh, yeah, Merrill Kelly has been a nightmare to the Giants this season. So I hope that they get him. That would be just a fitting a fitting first day for them uh, in spring training. But of course, make sure to check all that out. We will be out there at spring training once that rolls around. And actually, we're going to be all over the place. Winter meetings, we'll be wherever the Diamondbacks will be. So make sure to follow us. In the meantime, uh, you can get us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I want to give a shout out to our friends over at More Furniture uh, for not only denying, like, 
protecting all office chairs from me, which I understand. Uh, but I also appreciate them hooking our office up and making it look so wonderful. So make sure if you haven't done so already, check out their fall sale over at morefurniture.com. And don't forget that for every $1,000 you spend, you will get $10 in, or excuse me, $100 in gift cards back for every $1,000 you spend. So make sure to get uh, everything you need for your home this fall. Get ready for, you know, the holiday season. And we hope you guys all have a great Thanksgiving week. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we appreciate Paul Goldschmidt for continuing to make us regret losing him. And on behalf of Jesse and myself, <laughs> we appreciate you for your time. Uh, remember, baseball is fun, kids, but it's more fun when you win the MVP.